Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Uh, so, looking at the tables, is there enough people on each table? I think that's fine. I know it's a bit like a tumbleweed when the kids go out, because uh, we've got a wonderful kids' church here. So, first things first, um, a bit about myself. I know you'll have heard me share some testimony up here at the front, and I'm very conscious that every time I come up and share a story of something awesome God's done, the inference might become Aaron's a natural at that, or he's an evangelist, or... That's great, he's got a special anointing. But that's, I couldn't do that. I Just to encourage you, really, just to start. I'm an introvert. I would describe myself as someone who loves people like God does, but actually I don't like people a lot of the time. <laughs> and I really need to be on my own to get my energy back. And God broke my heart that I wasn't living in obedience to him a few years ago. Uh, I've mentioned it before. There's a scripture in 2 James uh, that talks about how the demons and the devil know that God is real, but they can't stand in his presence. And uh, the spirit just really convicted me that, wow, is knowing God's real not enough to get me into heaven? Do I have to do something else? The demons aren't going to heaven. And it just, it just really it cut to my core. And, and anyway, um, last week, when Chris was sharing, right at the end, he mentioned something about uh, almost some barriers to our faith the kind of things that stop us sharing. So we're going to start there, if that's okay. And it's, it's an open floor, if people just want to shout them out. Uh, what are some barriers that you've maybe experienced, things that put you off from wanting to share with a friend or a neighbour? Yeah? Absolutely. Anything else? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah. So I know. Yeah. So the um, the getting in trouble when I haven't had time to write down, and I'm a lefty, she'll have to bear with me for my handwriting. But uh, I know for some of you, your jobs you actually can't share, or you could get in trouble if you wanted to share with a patient, for example, that kind of thing, right? I think it's also the just the cringe factor. Yeah, yeah. I would almost maybe put that in with this one. But just we don't want to offend people or. Um, one that I've always come back to is friends and family uh, don't want to affect the relationship with them. You know, like, well, I remember one of my friends saying to me, thanks for not uh, forcing your faith on me, Aaron, I appreciate it. And I was just kind of, I failed you a little bit there, really, haven't I? <laughs> You're saying that. But um, some other ones that we would, I would say, what about the idea that we won't know what to say or we don't know our Bible well enough? You know, you could, you could go on and on and on. And... The good thing is, these are all things that I still experience as someone that does it. The other good thing is, we know a God of miracles. So on your tables, maybe, if you want to turn into twos and threes, let's just commit some of these things to prayer and maybe call out a specific one that's maybe our worst one if you have one, or let's just pray about it for a few minutes. Um, So on your tables, you'll have uh, some pens and paper and... It's probably best to do it with the A4. If you just kind of quarter it, fold it twice, you almost get a, a tiny little 
I don't know what that is, is that A5, the one after, little booklet. And you want to have kind of four pages. But really, you just need four sections that you can write on. So. All right, P's done. It's good. The folding doesn't have to be perfect. Just, uh, I don't think I ever get close. So I envy any of you to manage it. But um, on the very first page at the top, uh, if you would just want to write the, the word why, uh, it's a question really. Uh, it's really quick because we've just spent five weeks doing a discipleship series. But uh, the first page is why do we make disciples? And I'm going to fly through this one because I think we all, we all here have a passion to do it anyway. So one of them would be Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Oh, wow, Simon. Cool. Yep. And then it goes on to say, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. So I would say one of the reasons we make disciples is because Jesus says so. I hope you agree. And the next one, uh, if you have your Bibles with you, I'm just going to fly through this one again. It's uh, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 17 to 21. And it has two parts to it. I'm just going to draw this out. And again, apologies. Art was never really my thing. I remember my art teacher laughing at one of my pieces of homework when I was a child and uh, had quite a strong influence on me. Right, can we pretend that's the globe? Beautiful, it's not bad, is it? One of my best ones yet. Um, so somewhere in verse 17 or 18 in 2 Corinthians, it talks about how we are a new creation. But paired with that immediately, uh, it also says that we are Christ's ambassadors on the earth. And it finishes with saying, um, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that through him we might become the righteousness of God. And I think there's a, there's a gentle challenge in there that is, he's made us new, he's done this incredible thing for us on the cross. And the result of that is we are his ambassadors on the earth. For reasons we don't understand, I suppose we won't till we get to heaven, he chooses to appeal to the world through us, to tell them about him. So that's the why. So I don't know if you maybe want to spend a couple of minutes just uh, getting some of this down on the paper on the front page, or if you've done it already, we can move straight on. 17 to 21. Right, I'm going to fly through this, by the way, because this training would normally take a couple of hours, so bear with me. But um, anyone got any questions so far, or shall I wipe the board and move on? Brilliant. Okay. Talk amongst yourselves for 30 seconds, see if I can get this board to look clear again. Can you guys all read my rubbish handwriting? Let me know if you want me to make it bigger. Uh, I noticed before that I was writing it tiny in the corner. So on your second page, uh, if you just want to write who at the top, and then almost like a little spider diagram, write your name in the middle. So what this is, uh, we call it the relationship map. And every single one of you here, me as well, we have uh, a unique 
almost place in the world, there will be people that we are equipped to reach or people who we have authority with who will listen to us, who we could tell about Jesus that no one else here could. You know, it's going to be the same for all of us. And uh, Pete actually showed me something I'd never seen before, which I really liked, on Tuesday. And there's almost kind of four groupings. So you've got your family. You've got maybe your workplace. And then you might have, I think geography was this one, so where you live. And then you might have, I think it's called volitional, I don't know what it is. But it's like your hobbies, other things that you do. But um, basically what we want to do here, if any of you are still using or still have access to your three names uh, that Pete got us to write down at the start of the year, or even just some names that God brings to you now, um, almost just write down a selection of them around yourself in the middle, and then we're going to break off into pairs and we're going to pray for these people. That's all right, because the, the strength isn't ours, the power isn't ours, the power is God's, but what we can do is we can pray for them. Yes, it's like free time. Yeah, sorry, the bottom right is awfully written, it's just kind of what you can do in your free time, if that is different to these other things. I know we've got a lot of workaholics uh, around these parts, but... <laughs> so an example for me would be... Uh, through the workplace, I've met this guy, Josh. And in my free time, uh, I've gone to the pub, it is, for biblical reasons. But uh, <laughs> we've met this guy, Craig. And uh, we've been sharing with him. And you'll find, I know if, if any of you are like me, I actually find the hardest people to share with by far are family and friends. And I remember when I became uh, a Christian, this idea somehow got into my head that if I uh, spend time with the Lord and almost am so holy through how I live my life, my friends and family will, will notice a change and, I don't know, somewhere between that and something I don't know, they come to faith. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. But... Um, I do find sharing explicitly with my family about what God's done for me harder than sharing with a stranger or sharing with a new work colleague. But if, uh, if you want to break into pairs or threes, if you've got some names written down now, we will just quickly spend a few minutes in prayer that God would give us an opportunity or maybe even just better, just that God would bring them to us with a need that we could pray about, something like that, just that the spirit would work and they would come to know him. Right, guys, we're just about ready to wrap that up. Uh, hopefully, we've all had some time to pray for each other by now. And actually, you've got 20 more seconds. So I never wiped the board. But um, there's a scripture that we can look at. If you have your Bibles, in John 17, uh, you could write it down in the corner. John 17, verse 20. And uh, it's a part that I actually always forget exists in the Bible, where Jesus prays for his disciples and what it says is good job Simon my prayer is not for them alone I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message so there's there's two awesome things in there the one that I always always come back to is in a way the pressure is off because 
Jesus is praying for us. How awesome is that? And uh, the second thing is, if you imagine on the map that you've drawn, uh, not just for those who will believe in me, but also who will believe through their message. So I've written down this guy Craig here in the pub. And through Craig, uh, I didn't share this last week because there wasn't time, but uh, we've had a guy called John and Lee and Warren and Wesley who have started coming to join us in the gathering in the pub. And all four of them, some label, um, in the last eight days have given their lives to Jesus. So I'll start. It's awesome, isn't it? So uh, last Wednesday, and it's just because of Craig, friends of Craig, and he works behind the bar, and he actually still gets drunk and normally repents of it in the meeting with us on the Wednesday night. But he just, he just speaks to the guys. I mean, it's got to be a hard place to work having your friends just this far away from you drinking all the time and you're behind the bar serving them and not trying to do it. And anyway, um, Wes and Lee and John, last week they came for the first time and we got to share the gospel with them at the end, which is what we're going to get to next. But uh, you can almost imagine on this map, we've spent some time discipling Craig and through him, you've had these three other people that have come. And actually, last Thursday, the three of them got baptized, which is incredible. And actually, Josh got baptized with them as well, because even though he's in a recovery center as an alcoholic, my friend Mike invited him to our gathering in the pub, <laughs> which, is out, which is out of my control. I don't know if I, how I felt about that, but it was, this, it was the Lord's will. And unbelievably, I was going to write it down here, because uh, you can imagine how quickly this thing starts to get out of control. Had this guy, John who came to faith last week, got baptized on Thursday. He invited two people who came on Wednesday. So there's this guy, Darren. Oh, I'm so sorry about my handwriting. Just uh, listen to my words, not what I'm writing down. So you have this guy, Darren, and then another guy, uh, another Josh. Josh wasn't interested. So when we were praying at the start, he said, I'm going to go and do something fun with my better life over here, thanks, and walked off, which is totally fine, because we've got thick skin about it because of how amazing the Lord has been in the last few weeks. But this guy, Darren, sat through the whole thing. Uh, I had the privilege of sharing the gospel with him at the end because while we've trained John, he wasn't confident enough to do it just yet, which is fine. And Darren has come to faith too. And he's going down to Wales this weekend. Uh, we prayed for him for reconciliation with his family. He's, he's separated from his partner. His kids live in Wales. And he's going down to Wales, uh, hopefully in the power of the Spirit. I need to text him to see how we got on. He's going to offer to pray for his family and just see what God does. But you can imagine uh, how quickly, just almost from your own network, people that you've personally met, you'll find a new believer. Uh, I remember it personally myself. There's just there's something about it when you first make that decision for Jesus, almost kind of a fire that can't be quenched. And we, I don't know how much scripture John has read since he's come to faith in the eight days, but it sounds like he's told half his family and his local network. Some of these are his drinking buddies again, so there's still, there's still a lot of work for the Lord to be doing here. But you can just imagine, uh, as a team, Louise and I do it as well. I have a little piece of paper inside my Bible just with some names on, and we try to pray for them. I try to pray for them every day, just on the way into work, or when I first open my Bible. And Chris, uh, who comes here, who we know, like Nathan, They've all been on there at one point or another. And it's, again, the power's not ours, the power is God's, but what we can do is pray. 
So if you want to turn to page three on your little booklets that you've made, if this rubs off okay, the next one is what can we share? So, uh, there are a few different things we can do, and again, you'll find with friends and family and people who you've never met, the situation's never the same. I know I would find it really difficult to sit my dad down and just show him the gospel, because he's like a militant atheist or slash Buddhist slash whatever. But what, but what we can do, a great way we can start is, um, I can tell him testimony about what God's done in my life or a testimony that I've heard. And we call this one, it's just like a 15-second testimony. And if you imagine, uh, you'll see Ivy do it sometimes with their baptism method. I think they call it BC, JC, I can't remember, AC, I don't know. But it's, it's almost, what was your life like before Christ? And you can have two words. What was your life like, or what was it like when you met him? And then, what's your life like now? And you just want a word for each of these. So we'll do, what is it, BC... JC, AC. So for me, uh, for those of you that don't know, before I met Jesus, I was I was empty. I was emotionally numb. Um, I didn't cry at my sister's funeral, for example, because I thought being a man meant showing emotion was weakness. But then I met Jesus, and that emptiness was filled by Him, by His Spirit. I was forgiven, and I was made new. And now. Uh, my life's not perfect, but I, I feel like I'm on an adventure, almost a bit of chaos, different from day to day. So you could do numb, empty, forgiven anew, and then adventure, free, I don't know. So, and then do you have a story like that? So if quickly in pairs on the table, uh, you guys want to do a 15, 20 second testimony back and forward to each other and then if anyone wants to nominate their partner for a particularly good one, feel free just to, just to come and share it. Right everyone, we're just about ready. Has, uh, has anyone learned something new about their partner today? Or maybe even an exciting testimony if anyone wants to share their version of the story. It's totally fine. If not, we can move on. Anyone feeling brave? You can nominate your partner against their will as well, I would say. But <laughs> it's totally fine. It's totally fine. We'll move on. So we have testimony. Uh, one that I get asked a lot is how do we approach someone maybe out on the streets or at our workplace? And I truly, truly believe, and I, I hope you guys do too, that the kindest thing we can do for a person is to share the gospel with them. The, the greatest act of love there's ever been is what Jesus did for us on the cross. And I think just about the closest we can get is to invite someone to get to know him. Someone who's never heard it, tell them what he did. Um, but I... It's something that's come up recently. I know Louise I really resonated with her and we were talking. If you're approaching a stranger 
and you ask them, can I share the gospel with you? There's almost a, what are you trying to sell me? What's the con? What's the whatever? But there's another way that we can demonstrate that we're just doing a kind thing for them, that we're loving them, that they're going to understand, regardless of their background. And we call it an early offer of prayer. So I might be out yesterday on the street and just in the, the little shopping center, and I went into the, the bookies because my background is actually as a gambler. But I um, approached the girls at the counter and just, just said that we're just out today in the community offering to pray for people. Is there anything I can pray for either of you about? And one of them, Angela, asked for the man of her dreams to walk in, which is, I said, I can't promise I'll answer that, but we can try. <laughs> but the other one, uh, I think it was Sarah, her son isn't very well. So we, we got to pray. And you're not always going to get a yes or a no to this, but I think it's sometimes people will say, oh, no, there's a really common one I found from Catholics in Manchester. They'll say, I can pray for myself. Thanks very much. Or a lot of people will say, no, I'm not religious. And, but what you find is having offered to pray, almost regardless of what they say, I think it's they see the heart in what you're doing, and it enables you to get to the important bit, which is the gospel. Not the prayer isn't important, by the way, because miracles happen through prayer, right? So what we do next is almost regardless, I used to just kind of say, no problem, mate, have a good day, if they'd say no to an early offer of prayer. But what I've now started saying either way is, have you ever heard the gospel before? Can I draw you a picture? It's a picture to change my life. And it's, you can phrase it however you want, you know, it's just it's the truth. And a surprising number of people, even if they say no to prayer initially, I think because we've offered it, then say yes to the next bit. And we call this tool the three circles, but really it's just a way of demonstrating the gospel. There are, there are other tools. There's a brilliant one called the four points that some of the prison team at my work use. And it's a, it's a picture we can draw that demonstrates what God has done for them. So the first circle in the top right, we live in a broken world. You turn on the TV. Uh, I don't have a TV, but you watch the news for 20 seconds and it's pretty hard not to start feeling miserable about whatever's going on today. The homeless situation in Manchester, the way people treat each other, the world is a mess and it's not right. In the beginning, when God made the world, we were in relationship with one another and with him there was no misery, there was no pain, there was no death. But we turned our backs on him, started living for ourselves or I. The Bible uses the word sin but the actual meaning of the word is just that we've turned away from God's plan for our life and started doing our own thing. And everyone in the world, consciously or not, is trying to do something about the brokenness they're experiencing. It might be having a good career. It might be being a good person. Some try drinking drugs. I personally thought I could be a professional footballer. I came from a little town called Bath where uh, we don't play football there, we play rugby. And that meant by the age of about 14, I was one of the best footballers around. I came to Manchester and I couldn't get in the university team because I'm not very good. You know? <laughs> but there's, there's other things. Some people try religion. Pray five times a day in a mosque, go to church every Sunday. But what you find is just like a bungee cord, these things snap you right back into your brokenness. Because that separation that we have on us, that sin, there is nothing we can do in our own strength to be set free of it. But God loves us so much, he gave us a way out. He sent his son, Jesus, down to earth. And he modeled how we should treat one another. He, 
healed the sick, he fed the hungry, he even raised the dead. The authorities at the time didn't like the people were starting to turn to him instead of them, so they killed him on the cross. And in that moment, every bad thing any of us have ever done or will ever do, our sin, he took it upon his shoulders so that we could have a way back into relationship with God. Three days later, because he is God, he rose again from the grave. And we're taught that to come through this process, we have to turn from our sinful ways back to God, back to Jesus, say sorry for the things we've done that have separated us. And we have to believe that he died for us and put him in charge of our life, make him our king. And if we do that, we receive his forgiveness we are made new. And I believe that that void that I was trying to fill with all these things, pretty much the things I listed for myself on there. And he fills us with his Holy Spirit. And we come back into relationship with God. And I'm not saying my life is perfect now. I'm here with God because the world is still a broken mess. But God's will is actually for everyone to be brought out of this, not just me. So he sent us back in to help others. Everyone in the world is either here with God. Thanks, Simon. Someone who can draw did that. <laughs> or they're here in their brokenness. So we would ask three questions. Number one would be, where are you in this picture? And some will say they're already and you could ask, well, have you made Jesus your king? Or some will say they're in the middle, and you could say, do you feel like you've ever made this decision to give Jesus your sin? And if they say no, so you can just follow the arrow, you're here. Question two would be, where would you like to be? If it were that easy. And again, some will say, I want to be here. Hell's going to be a party. Whatever it is, and it's, you know, again, this is, it's not up to us to explain the gospel in such a perfect way that they just repent and surrender on the spot. It would be false anyway. It's up to the, the spirit and who's working in them at the time. Some will say they're here and they would like to be here. And you can then ask them, well, what's stopping you from coming through this process and coming into relationship with Jesus and God today? And incredibly, uh, I'll share it a little bit later. Um, this happened yesterday in Partington in the coffee shop. And someone did this. And it's, we, we seem to be in a season at the moment in Manchester where I would say like the soil is ready. People are ready to hear the gospel and respond to this. I can't believe how often people are just saying yes. But um, on your tables, in your pairs, uh, can we practice this? And start with offering to pray for your partner. And if there's a real need, Pray like it's a real need. I've seen people get healed in the trainings. I've also actually seen people come to faith in the trainings. A man in sale came to one of our things and we were sharing the gospel with him and it turned out we'd actually never made this decision and it never didn't recognize what Jesus has done for him. And it is. But yeah, anyway, maybe five, five minutes or so uh, in your pairs. Offer to pray for your partner and then do. Share them this picture. Ask them three questions. 
and I'll, I'll be wandering around. So if there's any confusion or problems, just uh, just come tap me on the shoulder. Right. Has um has everyone had a go at drawing it, uh, at demonstrating the gospel to their partner? If does anyone need more time, or have we just about all done? Great. So uh, this is all very good on paper, um, but I'd love to introduce Louise, who's just going to share a testimony of putting it into practice from yesterday, uh, and she is just as phobic of sharing the gospel with strangers as I am, so. Hi, yeah, so yeah, yesterday we went to um, the coffee house and um, it was me, Aaron, Simon, we were, we spent a few, like, quite a bit of time praying, asking God what he wanted us to do and um, I spied a group of people sat outside, we were inside, they were outside and I was like, right, I'm going to share with these people, this is hard because this is a group, they're all sitting here and I, so I had to plan in my mind, where am I going to stand, you know, and uh, so I psyched myself up eventually to go speak to this group and kept saying to her, and is it right, is it okay, should I do it? Really nervous. And then anyway, they, uh, they kind of dispersed, some came inside, so my plan had gone out the window and they'd sat at a different table and now I was like, oh, right, I still have to go speak to them because, anyway, so there's two people sat there at this other table um, and eventually I have to reset my mind, psych myself up again to go over. And I go over and I say, hi, um, can I pray with you guys? We've just started praying today. No, absolutely no. And it was a very profound no. And uh, I remembered the training. When you get a no, you can then still carry on. Don't just say, all right, sorry, bye. So I was like, right, I will... Um, then offered to share the gospel. Have any of you guys ever shared? Have you, have you ever heard the gospel before? Nope, nope, we don't want it, nope. And I was like, oh, right, okay, I was wrong. I wasn't meant to speak to this group of people, sorry. Uh, but somehow we managed to just get chit-chatting about life and had a few laughs. I don't really know how it happened because I had a very angry person sitting here who was very adamant that they didn't want to hear um, and but yeah just managed to break the ice, ice somehow and then I think I then went back onto it and I said can I just ask you why you don't like what is it that's stopping you from hearing this today and then I got some horrible stories of things that have happened in their lives Christians have let them down you know people have died it's just not been good and and from then um the angry person then removed themselves from the situation and this lady was sat there who was then telling me her story and from hearing her story i then said well is it okay if i just share with you what i believe so and then she was like yeah sit down and it was like what just gone from angry nose and didn't want prayer didn't want to hear the gospel to then accepting that like letting me join her table and sit down so I used this method I had my pen and paper ready um, I shared the gospel with her and thank god she became a Christian she she was um she <laughs> it was amazing I said where are you in this story she said I'm here I said where do you want to be she was like here and I said do, do you want to turn away from all your sin 
And she said, yeah. And, uh, and do you want to meet Jesus, your king? And she said, yeah. And this is just awesome. So we, I led her in a prayer. Um, and hopefully I'll be meeting up with her again on Monday just to explore more. But it was just amazing. I just want to say, like, I, my heart was racing through the entire thing. I completely felt out of my comfort zone. But I just had to push myself to go do it. And what a result. So, yay. That's great. Thanks, Louise. Uh, so, if you want to turn to, we're nearly finished now, uh, the page four, and just write when, uh, but also I've got a really quick testimony I'd love to share, so I'm sure some of you will be thinking like this picture is great and all that, but how am I ever going to get to share it with my family, or worse, I've shared the gospel with my family and they're not interested, and if I keep sharing it with them, it's just going to wind them up, and... Uh, what I found um, is a way that you'll always be able to get something in is testimony. And if they hear the testimony of how your life has changed and they still reject it, then thankfully we have a God who does incredible miracles and there's other testimonies we can share. And an example would be at my work, we have this guy Simon Wrigley. Everything about his life tells you he shouldn't have any joy in the Lord. He has trouble with his eyes. Uh, he's had to have Tumors removed, he's lost family, and the story actually starts at his mother's funeral, but he was talking about it almost joyously because she's gone with the father, she's had health problems, and a friend of the family was there, and she was in despair because her grandson, 12 weeks old, uh, I don't know what happened during the pregnancy process, but was born blind and will continue to be blind for his whole life. You know, it's not a, not a healing thing that's going to happen, it's just it is what it is, and he asked if he could lay hands on her, the grandmother, prayed for her. She drove straight home, uh, all the way down to Wales, to meet her daughter. And her daughter ran out of the house and just said, he can see. And, he's, and I, we understand now he has been fully healed. Um, and it's, you know, if your own testimony's not working, throw him a different one. And like, that's, that's incredible. Like, medically, no chance. And he's cured. But anyway, um, I hope that's encouraging for you. So the fourth one was when. I think I said when. Did I say when? It's good. So this is the hard bit, but also the really important bit. So you have your, uh, maybe your names that are written down, some people you know who are far from God in your life. Uh, is there a time every day, so daily would be the first one, that you can commit to praying for these people. So it might be your three names, whatever it is. Again, I've got a little piece of card in my Bible that has the names on, so when I open it, it's like, Lord, I pray for an opportunity to tell these people about who you are. Would you soften their hearts and, their, and open their ears to hear? And would you open my mouth to speak? <laughs> so it's quite a bold prayer. Uh, the next one would be, is there uh, maybe a time this week, a specific person that we could look to share something with face-to-face? -face? So again, it might be offering to pray for someone at your work or a friend, even getting to the gospel if you can, or sharing testimony. And then the last bit would be uh, maybe in your midweek groups, if you are in one. If, if you're not, I'd really encourage you. It's, it's been a huge place of growth for me. Is there someone... Is there someone who can gently keep you accountable to this? 
not in you failed, you're no longer welcome, but um, how did you get on with sharing with your friend this week? And if you weren't able to, why not? Can we pray about it? Or if you were, that's incredible what happened. You know, and it's, this is something we need to do as a family because, again, the, the soil is soft. People are ready to make a decision for God. We just have to get out there and do it. So the last one, the really scary word again, accountability. So I will be doing it. Sorry to break it to you, Danny. We'll write, we'll write this down. And I will be asking everyone in my group on Thursday night how we got on. And obviously I'm in that too, so I have to do it. <laughs> um, I think that nearly wraps it up. So if you wanted to quickly, maybe just one minute each would be fine for this one again in your pairs. Is there a time every day when you can commit to praying for people you know who are far from God? Again, your relationship map's probably the best thing to start with. Is there some time this week, maybe one time or more, when you could actually share something face-to-face, something this week, even if it was just, I believe in a God of miracles, can I pray for you, if, the, if it was too hard? But again, you can, if that seems like too far a step for you, I would really encourage you, God will give you opportunities through this, because prayer is powerful. And he loves the heart of people who want to pray for the lost as well. And then the last step again, the grow groups, that would be easy. I'd encourage any of the midweek group leaders here. uh, Can you tap your friend on the shoulder on Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, whatever it is, just ask how they got on. If it's tomorrow night, give them a bit of slack because they'd have one day to try. (laughs) But uh, yeah, spend a quick minute doing that and then we'll move into time of response. Hi. Okay, guys, I'll take it you've had time to uh, do that last exercise. Um, thank you, Aaron, that was brilliant. Thank you. It's, you know. Okay. On your tables, there are some uh, paper, uh, pieces of paper that have got. Um, links on them that you can access um, information online um, and stuff about the three circles. I personally have used um, uh, there's some videos from uh, No Place Left which is Nick Duffy's organisation. They've put some practical uh, YouTube videos on which um, are worth looking at as well. I don't know if they're on that list as well but um, please take the opportunity to to follow that up and because um, as as Aaron said you know in Matthew 28 Jesus tells us to go and make disciples of um, all nations it, it's not a if you want to or if you feel like it it is a command it is a command um, so this is a, what we've learned today is just a great tool to have in your locker when you when when we do that and actually you know it is daunting, there's no doubt about it, and it is, uh, it, it's not always something that we want to step into, but it, just encourage you to, to be mindful and to think on the fact that, you know, Jesus gives, left us the Holy Spirit so that we could do more than, even more than he did. That, that's quantity, not quality, but he, we have the Holy Spirit, and it's the Holy Spirit in us that will enable us to do that, and it is the Holy Spirit that will speak to the people we speak to and work through us and through them. So we don't do this on our own. We are empowered, and we are enabled by the Holy Spirit. 
Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org media.